Good morning, everyone. Well, my dear friends, today is the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ. And today is another way of saying is Corpus Christi, where we celebrate the Eucharist, the most important aspect of our Christian life as Catholics to be able to receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. And so, not to talk too much about uh, catechism here, but one of the things that I'd like to say, and I think may shock you, is that when I, after I had received First Communion, I didn't even realize that I was receiving the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ. And I'm not sure, maybe some of you may believe that when you receive the communion, it is just symbolic. It symbolizes Jesus. But as Catholics, we truly believe that it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Because Christ was very clear, especially in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, when he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. For my food is true, my, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I in him. It's kind of hard to interpret that a different way. And yet, sometimes we do. Because it is strange. It is different. To the point that many of the disciples that used to follow Jesus no longer followed him again. He lost many disciples. Christ never lost any disciple because of a misunderstanding. He lost them because they didn't believe in what he said. And so it's important for us to understand I remember, as a child, my best friend, Eric, invited me to church with him, to his Baptist church, okay? And I said, well, if I go to your church, then you have to come to my church. Well, to tell you the truth, his church was a a lot better, right? The music was a lot better. The, The pews felt a lot more comfortable. Okay, there was even a little spot for your cafe latte if you wanted it, right? (laughs) It was nice, it was nice, and it was tempting. And then when the time came for us to receive the communion, they brought over, uh, there was a a container, and it had little glasses, little like, I don't want to say the word, but you know, like, you know. You know, little, little glasses, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know what I mean, right? So, and they also had a container that had little squares of bread. And each one, and I, you know, like, yeah, yeah, give me two, you know? <laughs> right? And it was the, the grape juice, and it was the, the like, uh, American bread, right? American bread, sliced bread. And... Then my, so then I said, okay, I went to your church, and I enjoyed it, and I truly appreciated that experience. And uh, uh, so then I invited my friend to come to church over at my parish. And my parish was a very small parish, maybe 600 
people a week, weekend, 600 total. And when it came time for my friend, so I said to my friend, just say amen, okay? Just say amen. So he comes up, and the priest looks at him, and he says, who are you? Right? Now, I will never be able to say that here, because I, you know, I mean, like, but my, 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 the priest says to my friend, who are you? And he's like, I'm Eric. <laughs> and he said to him, are you Catholic? He said, no. And then he said to him, do you believe that this is, do you believe that this is the body and blood of Christ? He said, no. <laughs> and he said, well, let me give you a blessing. One of the toughest things for a priest to do is, and this happens sometimes at weddings or funerals, um, is to, to make an announcement before communion, say, look, if you're not Catholic, you should come up and receive a blessing. And it's tough for a, for a priest, at least I find it difficult to do that because it seems so um, you know, negative. But, and sometimes, you know, you're you, like body of Christ and they're like, thank you. And you're like, you know. So, and it, it's, and usually you leave it up in God's hands. You hope, you know, that they, they appreciate what they receive. But one time I said, to, I said to a fellow priest, I said, you know, I have a hard time telling people, you know, that you can't receive the communion. And he said to me, well, but do they know what they're receiving? And don't you think it's not fair for them to receive something that they don't know? Because like my cousin, my, not my cousin, my friend, like my friend said, do you believe that this is the body and blood of Christ? And he said, no. And so, then, so that's why it's very important for us to know what we are receiving. That this is the body and blood of Christ. And if we ever invite a friend or a guest to church, to let them know that what we believe that this isn't symbolic or this isn't just a memorial, that this is truly the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ and help them to understand and then explain to them because there's a lot of explaining to do. Where does this come from? How did this start? Did Jesus just suddenly say one day, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, where does this all tie in from the past? If you remember... In the Old Testament, when the Jewish people had to escape the slavery of Egypt and go to the promised land, the night that they were supposed to escape, they were supposed to kill a lamb. And what were they supposed to do with that lamb? They were supposed to eat it. Eat the lamb. If they did not eat the lamb, then they would not be able to escape to the promised land. The angel of death would come over and wipe the family. And so, who is the Lamb of God? The real Lamb of God? Jesus. So the Lamb that was killed, and remember, the Lamb was supposed to be blemish-free, no stains, no sin, no sin. None of its legs were supposed to be broken. The legs of Jesus were never broken. The Lamb was supposed to be the victim that died for others, Jesus was the victim who died for others. The lamb was supposed to be eaten. 
And Christ said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So there's the parallel, the parallel. The biggest and the most obvious reason is because Jesus also said to all of us, I will be with you till the end. I will be with you till the end. How are you going to be with us till the end? How? Is it just going to be when I light a candle? Is it going to be when I'm just here in church? How does Jesus present himself on earth to us 2,000 years later? And of course, it's through the Eucharist. I will be with you till the end. Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body. This is my blood. St. Paul, in the second reading, he says, look how important this is. If you, if you didn't notice it at the very beginning, he said that from the very beginning, he learned about the Eucharist. From who? He says, I received from the Lord. In other words, this was a revelation that St. Paul received. I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the, Jesus, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and after he given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, that is for you. Do this in memory of me. And I know my friend's church was very exciting. It was always different. They always have things that are different. There was a, a, a minister not too long ago from Houston, I believe, or from, uh, yeah, from Houston, who had a Corvette on the, you know, on the stage, and he was talking about marriage and so like, and they had this five-part series about marriage. And sometimes some Catholics say, you know, Father, it's the same thing over and over again, right? You lift up the host, you put it down, you take the chalice, you lift it up, you put it down. It's the same thing over. Can't we spruce it up? Can't we maybe have a stage that comes from below and, you know? And the, you know, right? Can't we just like, you know? But the temptation, the temptation is always to worship God the way I would like to worship God. And if you notice, St. Paul says, Jesus took the bread, do this in memory of me. So we do exactly what the Lord commanded us to do. Do this in memory of me. You got it. You got it. We're not going to change it. Right? Why? Because the temptation is always to worship God like we want to or to worship ourselves like we really want to. And that we have to avoid. So the very last part that I'd like to mention on this beautiful day is don't be deceived again about feelings. I'm going to tell you a story, but about a year after I was ordained, I have to say that celebrating the Mass wasn't so exciting. And lifting up the Eucharist, I didn't feel anything. And so I went to my superior 
And I said to him, Father, I don't know what's wrong. I, I, don't, I don't feel anything when I lift up the host. Or... And he said to me, and? Well, I, you know, I, before I used to, you know, like, sometimes even I, I would feel like my heart was racing. And? And? Well, do you think there's maybe there's something wrong? And he said, don't forget, feelings should come from faith. And faith should come from facts. If we put our feelings before the facts, we will always make a big mistake. Facts, faith, feelings. Our faith is based on the facts. Jesus died for us. Fact. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. Fact. Jesus said, do this in memory of me. Fact. Jesus said, take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body. This is my blood. Fact. Your life should always be guided by the facts, not by the feelings. Whether or not you feel God or you don't feel God makes no difference. Sure, when you feel God, run with it. Go (laughs) as long as you can. But if you don't, is God not there? No. God promised, I will be with you till the end. That's a fact. Amen? Amen. Amen.